So we both did a thing that hopefully you did too, which is we went to go see Hustlers. Yes, we did. We saw the movie. We've already talked about it. This is a bonus episode, kind of like a bonus Jonas, if you will. I heard they're making a comeback. Um, Long live the Jonas Brothers. Anyway, this is a bonus episode because you already know the story of the Hustlers at Score. And if not, you can go back to our episode. Um, I believe it is called Make That Money, Don't Let It Make You. You know what? Look at the Yin Yang Twins giving us iconic show titles. Anyway, we open all of our episodes with a question, and this one is no different. So, what was your favorite cameo Got it. that was not a person or celebrity? What was your favorite, like, item? What was your favorite, like, song? Like, what was your favorite mm. thing that popped up that you were not expecting in the Hustlers movie? Oh, God. Okay. I have two. I'm going to say one because we're going to talk about the one later anyway. My favorite cameo it's probably going to be the Fiona Apple intro okay. of Criminal. Okay. Like, one, because I have never, I had like a deep Fiona Apple in my life is miserable when I was 13, <laughs> which I didn't know what miserable was at that time. Uh, but I had like this deep Fiona phase and I have never in my life thought that Fiona would be, Criminal would be like a sugar bop. Okay. Turns out Criminal is a stripper bop. It is a bop in the club. I mean, I don't know about that, but sure, sure. I um, love that for you. My favorite mm-hmm. cameo was Constant Wu's wig. The entire <laughs> time, I kept being like, this wig is atrocious. This is a really bad wig. And I just kept, I just was like waiting for her to have a better wig yeah. when they started making more money. Because I get it. When you are out here and times are hard, sometimes you have to get that bodega wig, okay? Right, right. That's the best you can do. Right. But when you are over here slinging these Gucci bags and, and you have a yakky plastic I wig on. I can't deal. I'm also like, what, like, Cardi B was supposed to consult. She was like an actor. Why did Cardi B not consult on wigs and weaves? Okay, because Bellicus has... She has a weaves. collection and I just felt like constant... Constant Wu's wig and um, like a bonus cameo that I enjoyed was that lip piercing that Jennifer Lopez had. I kept staring at it. I spent maybe like 10 minutes being like, I don't know what I'm looking at. And then I leaned over to my friend and I was like, there's a sticker. I was like, Alana, is her lip supposed to be pierced? She was I think it is. Well, Samantha Barbash actually has an upper lip ring, upper lip piercing. So I was like, oh, like. Samantha Barbash, but not. So Ramona has a lower one. Like, how can we do the same? Yeah. Because it's like, because this isn't Samantha, so Samantha says. Right. Let's just, what's their well, My bonus, going back to like JLo, is the Juicy Couture yes, sweater. that was on my, that was a set. That was a set. She that was a set. set. And then I was like, do I bring it back? No. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for being also, a friend. I don't even know if you can. Didn't they go, is that a money I'm issue? I'm sure I can go on like, AliExpress and find a bootleg. Got it. That's what we're doing here. Okay, okay, okay. So we've gotten through our question. Yep. This format's going to be a little different because like like we said before, we've already talked about the story. So this is just going to be like a conversation about some of the things that we did in our deep dives about Mm -hmm. think pieces or um, interviews. We both read um, some really great articles on Vulture. Yeah. We'll link um, one of them, well, both of them actually in the show notes. One was an oral history um, of how sort of this movie got made. And then the other one was about a pretty big deal cameo um, yes. that I think really, I think we should start our competition by talking about the cameos. Okay. Because in addition to the wig and the, the juicy tracksuit, both mm-hmm. of which I hope get some sort of like Oscar nomination. Absolutely. Okay. Costume wardrobe. Yep. Come through. Um, we should talk about the famous people in this. Do. I do want to just be like the annoying person and be like, guys, this is a spoiler alert. <laughs> Obviously we're going to deep dive. Deep. So if you have not seen Hustlers, I am judging you. Go see it. If you don't care about spoilers, listen on. Or if you've already seen it. Or if you've already seen it, please keep listening. All right. Usher? Usher Raymond, the 
Fourth? Is there a fourth? I think it's the fourth. fourth. Yeah. Wow. One, two, three, four. And those bright ass teeth all showed up not to play. And I was living. I was actually like really giddy in that scene when he walks in. Especially because we knew that Usher was going to be in it. I remember we discussed it in the Scam City episode. Like, oh, he's probably going to be the owner or one of like the guys that they rock. Because I literally was like, what what do you have to do with this story? Exactly. And I just was like, if they're doing if they're doing that thing where it's like just like get a famous person, right? I'm gonna be mad, right? And, and also like Usher never wanted to be like an actor, so I was like, well, except if wasn't he Moesha for a little bit? He's done something. Stand okay. by. I'm gonna Google. Okay. So as you Google, so when Usher walks into scores and all the girls start going crazy in that scene, I swear to God, the faculty. Usher was in the faculty. He also was in The Incredibles too. He apparently starred in In the Mix in 2005. And she's all that, which is a classic. Scary Movie Five. Okay. Muppets Most Wanted. Okay. He's but he probably played himself. Okay. Anyway, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. So Usher played himself fabulously in Hustlers. Like the scene where he walks in and everyone goes crazy. I too went crazy in the movie theaters, but I had to remain cool. Yeah, reel it back. Reel it back. Um, but you actually brought this cool part where he wrote his own lines. Yeah. See, so great. in Vulture, um, they did an interview. Not interview. They did a piece yeah. on this cameo. Um, literally, it's called how how hustlers got Usher to cameo. Like love straightforward to the point. Tell me what we're getting. So apparently word on the street and by street behind the scenes because people that were there said it they had him come in and they were like so like what do you want the girls to say like how do you want them to interact with you and it was his idea to have JLo say what's your name and for him to say usher baby i'm not sexy so when i say it, it doesn't have the same effect but yeah. i definitely i gasped. died <laughs> Just uh, like this I, I came so niche. i collapse because also it was like you have to remember this is 2008 this is the height of usher this is usher's let it burn yeah moment confession confession just pause stop what you're doing stop drop and roll love in this club is Mm. such a great song and i feel like it is so undervalued i feel like it doesn't play anywhere when i was 16 i was like talking to this boy and like we like danced to the song Mm. i don't dance a lot but i was like in my head i was like this is gonna be our song and so when i heard yeah i'm not embarrassed this time when i heard this song i literally felt like i was 16 in 2008 and like melted into my seat and was like Remember when you thought that this song right here, this was it? This was it. This was I it. actually thought this was the most romantic song. A song about fucking in the club. I remember being like, why won't anyone just sing this song to me? And then I realized you don't want anyone to sing that song to you in the club. you don't want to be that girl. Right. Um, also, in that same article, they talked about like how like meta of a pop culture reference this was. Yes. And so I'm just, I'm going to read the direct quote mm-hmm. because like, I didn't come up with this, so I just want to, like, cite the author because this right here, I was like, wow, I get. Okay, so in the the article the author wrote, again, there are layers to this shit. Lopez, who was herself a major musical icon in 2008, is pretending to be a no-name stripper while openly flirting with her actual friend and musical (laughs) equal, Usher, Mm -hmm. who's cheekily nodding to his own past while playing himself from 11 years ago. It was brilliant. It's brilliant. And then I also read that they they were like, we need Usher to play him. and We need him to play himself in this. And they like reached out to him. He was like, yeah. And the only problem, he was like, my hair has grown out. I'm just worried about my hair. And literally. I love how like, Jenny, I love how he was like, guys, like actually, this is really continuity, guys. Like, how do we do this? Like, he was really all in it. But the production team was like, have no fear. And the director was like, we'll put you in a hat. And so then she sent him pictures of himself in 2008 wearing hats. And I was like, well, go, this is it, this is it, this is it. Perfect. I remember in 2008 being from New York and then he would wear the Atlanta hats and being like, should I get an Atlanta hat? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Have you ever been to Atlanta? No. Like, so no. no. But I heard, heard, heard that like, this is style. This yes. is, okay, piece of eight, I'm down. Right. And you're literally like, I've never even been there, so I don't even know. And then the other thing that was super interesting about the wardrobe was 
apparently those were all like his clothes or like they were inspired by like, you know, he was like picking things out and he's like, I totally would have worn that. That's, and it's another funny thing about like wardrobe and clothing was that um, Samantha Barbash loved J-Lo or like Samantha Barbash's whole, so Samantha is obviously the real Ramona. Basically like J-Lo was her idol. So now J-Lo is playing someone who looked up to her style-wise. And J-Lo gets to wear old school J-Lo clothes, which is great. (laughs) And I was like, when is J-Lo going to come out in a bandana (laughs) and the all white? Like I need her to. Okay, let's get it hopping. Hopping. (laughs) Listen, wow. Um, Yeah. And then the last anecdote from the Usher story. Mm -hmm. So Kiki Palmer, who is a child star. And we always forget that Kiki is a child star. A kill in the bee. Child. Mm-hmm. Not like, oh, I was like 17. No, 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 no. Like, do you have a babysitter kind of child? <laughs> like, yes. that kind of child. So she apparently once met Usher when she was, I don't know how old she would have been, but it was back in 2005. Mm-hmm. So this, like, predates the events of this movie. Right. And she was, like, 10, I think, yep. auditioning for... His movie in the mix. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I okay. remember in the mix. Okay, okay. I don't. I like didn't know what that was, and the fact that we just did that, like, what was his filmography? And then in the mix came up. I'm like, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. This full circle. Kiki Palmer actually auditioned for In the Mix when she was like ten. Can you imagine that reunion? And then this was their reunion, and she's up here. And listen, if you don't follow Kiki Palmer on Instagram, mom, cover your ears. That girl loves to shake that ass. Yes, and she so does. She was ready. To shake that ass when on the When she was casted, I was like, oh, perfect. She'll do I, great. I want to see her on a pole. I want to see her hitting the splits. I want to yeah. see her doing the things I watch her do on her Instagram. Yes. All the time on the big screen. But that was not her wellness, and that's that's okay. But that was this was the first time that she saw Usher. So can you imagine being a grown-ass man and being like, I remember you when you were 10, and now? And now you're popping that pussy. And you got pasties. <laughs> Literally cover my eyes. I'd be like, I feel uncomfortable with this. Um... So then, last thing, mm-hmm. this is not about Usher, this is my own stripper personal. moment. Yes, stripper we were moment. Ta- we were talking about, like, if you're a vintage strip club or not, blah, blah, blah. I actually tried to go to scores um, when I was only 18 and did not get let in. And oh. it's really upsetting because I would have, like, been in the Ramona yeah. Destiny hype. Yeah, you know, you're so I'm that, kind of sad about that. That, like, one degree of hustler separation. Yeah. Um, I have never been to scores, but... I once, the only time I've ever been to a strip club, I went with a rapper who I guarantee, if you are listening to this podcast, I guarantee that you have at least three of his songs on your iPad. Uh, or can we tease? No, no, we cannot. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> or if one, if one of his, one of these three songs came on in the club, I promise you, you would know all the words. So it was a friend of mine, it was her birthday, he was a family friend, and he like showed up to her birthday, and then he was like... I want to go to a strip club. And I had never been to a strip club. Mm-hmm. And so um, this was like three years ago. And so I was feeling a lot of stress because I was like, do I make it rain? How much money no, do I need? It's the exact opposite. I don't want to make it rain. I work so hard for my money. I work like three jobs. Okay. I don't want to give it away. However, you cannot enter someone's place of business right. and be like, I'm not participating in the capitalism economy that's happening in here. Her. And I did not want to be that girl sitting in the strip club being like, sis, I see you. I love this for you. However, I don't have the funds. No. Like, I don't have the financial range right. to participate in this activity. Right. So we get to the club. That would be bad for feminism. Okay. And listen, one thing I'm not trying to do is, like, hinder the smashing of any patriarchy. So we get to the club, and I take out $20. <laughs> and I was like, this is all I have, okay? Because I had to fly to get here. I had to pay for all this. This yep. is all I got. $20. And I was like... I'm going to use this to get in and to, you know, this, uh, we're going to be real stingy with it. I should <laughs> say. Um, and then I like, I think, I think I realized that the cover alone was like 15 and I go, look, well, there goes the money. Well, better take out five <laughs> singles. <laughs> That's all I got. So then the rapper in question actually paid for all of us to get in. And also like, I'm six feet tall and like walking in heels is not my forte, but I was like wearing heels. So I'm like wobbling around this like strip club, like following this rapper. It's a mess. And then we get up to the like VIP section and um, 
bags of money. And I don't mean like a Ziploc bag. Yeah. I mean like a garbage bag, like a clear garbage bag of money was like placed in front of me and my friend whose birthday it was. And he was just like handing out stacks. And that I was amazing. like, this is my student loan Now were there stacks of like hundreds, twenties, ones. ones. Okay. It's but cheap. like it's a garbage bag. It's a garbage bag. Right. But also he's cheap. He's cheap. But also this is... This was the first He's, celebrity crush actually, I've ever had. He actually planned ahead because I think right now he is not putting out hits that you would be singing to him. Okay, and it has been um, reliant on streams. Yes, 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 yes. So, listen, reliant on Dobat Thursday. Listen, and I'm not mad because this is the first celebrity. This is my first celebrity crush. All of ours. My too. I, mm-hmm. wow. And mm-hmm. so for me, it was like, Killer with hard work and determination, you can live out any dream, including making it rain in a strip club with your favorite rapper. Right. And make it rain, I did, and I put my own twenty dollars, probably back in my bag because I'm cheap. Yeah. probably. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. But I'm really happy you didn't put the money in the like from the bag oh, into your um, bag because I would be tempted. No, because they were not having it. Literally, like his security guard was like yelling at girls in our group to put their phones away, and like I think. Pretty much, it was literally like that scene in Hustlers because mm-hmm. all of the girls were like, he's here. And they're like, you know, the beeline. So like you actually lived yeah. an Usher in the Scores moment. Yes, yes I did. Wow. My one and only strip club moment. But like everyone, don't forget to tip your strippers and tip them, tip them well. Don't Absolutely. Like me. Do not be like me. Also, if you know you can't tip them, maybe make friends with the rapper. Yeah, because I'm... I, I hear Drake responds to his DMs. I have to go. Um, okay, so... We spent a lot of time talking about this one cameo. We have a few more to get through because this movie was low-key, high-key stacked. I this movie was stacked with cameos, and sometimes I think I do. I have this thought that like bad movies depend on good cameos to deflect from the shitty yeah. script and shitty acting. This movie was so overwhelming because it was like great script. Great acting, beautiful visuals. Jennifer Lopez is like stripping for me. And also you have celebrity, Usher, actual strippers. Shout out to them for hiring actual strip uh, sex workers to be a part of this, including like Jack the Stripper, Tracy Lissette. Yeah, so Tracy yeah. Lissette's situation is actually interesting because she is um, trans. Mm-hmm. And so she did an interview with New Now Next, and one of the things they asked her was like, you know, your your character's gender identity never comes up. Was that an intentional choice? And she was sort of like, honestly, um, I had a meeting with the director and the writer of the script. Mm -hmm. And I told her that, like, I used to dance at scores for eight years. So, like, Trace is telling this woman, like, I was there. Like, this is me. And, like, this is who I am. And, Mm -hmm. like, it's sort of like something we can address or not. Um, And she was saying that when she was at scores, she actually didn't tell anyone because it was, like, a safety concern for her, obviously, right? Because... People Men suck. It's often to do suck. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they let it just sort of be a thing where she's just like, no, like, I was a stripper and I'm here to, like, be a stripper. And, like, it was a full circle moment for her because she was like, you know, I kind of said that, like, I would only come back to a club if it was under this sort of, right. like, where I could tell my story. Yes. Yeah. And so, and Trace, by the way, was the one with the boyfriend who was, like, super clingy. She was hilarious, by the way. Like, each time she would pop in, I would just, like, automatically want to hear her whole thing because she just had such a funny thing. Along with Lily always throwing up when she was nervous. Trace having to calm her jealous boyfriend down was a highlight. And also, Trace used to be in Transparent, too, fun fact. So she, um, yeah, she is an actress. That's great. I also, like, kind of talking about it, but also kind of talking about Transparent, how it's been, like, this thing in Hollywood where white people tell you know marginalized people's stories yeah. and they conveniently leave the marginalized people out because it's just they you know don't have the acting chops and now we're in this time where you have pose actually hiring mm-hmm. trans people you have transparent hiring someone like trace and then now you have hustler movie where it's not only just cardi b because ideally she is a celebrity now right. but it is jack the stripper and it's trace being a part of it so they can kind of have you know autonomy in telling their own story and the interesting thing too about um jack the stripper's part um she was not only in the movie but she was sort of on the like the i don't know what 
team it would be, but her role also um, from behind the scenes and production standpoint was a comfort consultant. So like they relied on like her to sort of say like, okay, let's talk about boundaries a little bit. Like mm-hmm. let's make sure this like feels accurate, but also is not like too focused on like the male gaze. And they talked about in the oral history piece that literally you should read if you like the movie, they talk about like they would, film things in a way so that the male gaze like the gaze is like on these women in their bodies and then just sort of when it like got you to that point where you're like hot and bothered they cut cut. i mean i think the perfect part when i read that is the part where like um j-lo's character and who is is it cardi or is it candace and they get like really touchy and j-lo's like touching all over her constance and she's about to like pull her underwear down and then just cuts to the guy like freaking out about the whole entire thing so, so smart. And it's, like, great that they relied on, like, actual, like, people who, like, this is their story. Mm-hmm. And I did also remember learning that uh, in the Usher scene, they had a lot of extras that were actual dancers at the club that they filmed at in Long Island. Yeah. Or in Queens. In Queens, oh, yeah. Queens, I, Long think Island was, City? I think or it was Long Island, Island City. Okay. Either way. Um, okay, you mentioned Cardi a little bit. LOL, because Cardi literally just played herself. And I was like, sis, get that check. Get and it. So did, and so it was did also Lizzo. a really enjoyable scene. And so was Lizzo's scene when she was playing the flute for Jack the Stripper's new boobies. <laughs> which, in real life, were not fake boobies. Just want to shout that out. Oh. Jack just has a great chest. Go okay, for you, girl. I love that for you, girl. Um, but the scene where Cardi is teaching Constance how to give a proper yes. lap dance was hilarious. Yes. I also thought it was interesting in the oral history how J-Lo had to get Cardi to sign on. Yes. So I need more. Like, was Cardi like, no, thank you. Like, I'm busy. I don't know you, bitch. Like, what was the level no. of it? I think that they just were like, you know who has the contacts? Jen. Jen. They're like, Jen, can you like text her? Real quick. Real quick. And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm actually going to do that. And then I, while I'm at it, I'm going to text Fiona right. to get the rights to criminal because we don't have a license for that. And Fiona was like, yeah, girl, shake yeah. that out. And that was Jen's like, Jennifer yeah. Lopez idea to have criminal as her yeah. music score, Listen. which I was like, criminal, Fiona, the lyrics, go off, Jennifer. We love the cameos. Um, We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right So we're back. Hi. Hey. And we're going to just continue talking about the parts that we love. First of all, I just want to say Jennifer Lopez should have already gotten all this praise during the enough moment. Okay. Her greatest film contribution. <laughs> and I felt so attacked by someone who tried to drag that movie. And I'm going to stop you right there, buddy. Okay. okay. No. Because now we can never get married because you feel this way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry, continue. No, go ahead. Yeah, no, because like enough is wonderful. However, Jennifer Lopez acted the fuck out of Ramona. Even parts that she just made sound so just like, just so conversational. Like I really did believe that Jennifer Lopez was this person and not multi-talented Jennifer Queen Lopez. Like been in the game, owns it, produced this movie because no one else would. We'll get to that soon. Um, So Jennifer Lopez as a whole, I loved. Who knew that a stripper movie had to be the movie to just like make everyone realize that she is actually a wonderful actor. Um, But another favorite part was the music, the give me more scene in which every like proud hood rat adjacent person like myself has been in a beautiful car and played a bop like give me more and has just been like, I am living life. And in that one scene where they're in the car dealership and they're playing (laughs) give me more and you think that they've like made millions and they have not purchased this car yet was brilliant. But also the fact that they really did play songs that were just of that era. So like yeah, 2008 songs that were popular were in that movie and yeah. there was no mistake. It was, except for like the Fiona, which was like a throwback. Right. Um, and then when we're in 2013, 2013 movies are now, so it just felt like they were with the times, they knew it. Good for Loreen. And honestly, like I was not hood rat adjacent. I was straight up strongly rooted in my like suburban suburbia Mm -hmm. and like give me more I was like wow this is me like I feel seen and I'm here and I feel represented and like this isn't my story but like I'm still being represented so I sort of also thought that was great because it was like this was 
a song choice that was like appealed to pretty much everyone. I'm like in my screening, everyone was like losing it when that scene came on. We were almost like kind of like dancing a little bit. So I totally agree. Like the music, chef's kiss, slayed it. Perfect. Um, okay. Another thing that I loved about this movie is a particular scene. Mm-hmm. So, um, and this is also interesting because side note, but relevant. One of the reasons that I loved this movie was because a lot of times you'll read something and then there's a film adaptation and then the whole conversation is like, well, which one is better? And I really felt like these two like versions were so on par with each other, but it felt like, even though I knew what the story was and you know I knew what was coming, I still felt like there were things where I was like, oh, like this is totally different than I imagined it. Yeah. Like it just, it felt like, it just got that translation from like screen on your computer to like screen like mm-hmm. film perfectly. And one of the only, sorry, one of the things that was different but was the same was um, the baby, a uh, constant woos baby situation. Yes. So in the article, what's her real name? Rosalind. Rosalind. Rosie. Rosie, yeah. Rosie. Um, so in the article, Rosie's like, Basically, she tells the story of, like, I didn't have a computer, and I was, like, but I was going back to school, and there was this guy, and he was kind of sad, and, like, he would come to the club, and, like, I'd flirt with him a little bit, and, like, I kind of, like, you know, let him on, and then at the same time, I was um, in, like, a relationship with someone, and mm-hmm. he also, he says, also, the movie didn't mention, he was dating this woman at the same time, and, like, she was an immigrant, and I think, like, her visa was, like, kind of running out. And so he was sort of like, Rosie, are we together or are we not? Because, like, this woman that I'm dating, like, I, do I have to save her? What do I do? Do I sit? Is, like, is she going back home or is she staying here? What, what, what are we doing? And then it ends up Rosie gets pregnant. She moves to Arizona, comes back, and calls him. And so in the movie, that whole sort of before story was sort of told. It wasn't told, like, as it was happening. It sort right. of was like kind of like oh like we're just kind of going to jump through some of these things right. to bring you up to this current moment where now they've done the first round of dancing and now it's like the crisis has happened and so that was like one of the does that make sense yeah that was one of the things that was different um but I loved that scene with that guy Steven because she calls him trying to find that money and that's the first time that he like acknowledges like is that a baby you need to take care of and she's like I'm just baby- I'm just babysitting it for my friend <laughs> it that's not really progressive but okay and so I loved and it like didn't click right away that he was like there was a woman in his house you then find out that it's his wife but having read the article now I'm like oh okay we're, we're gonna address that right and that he's like going through each room to get further and further and further away, away. which is like showing how he's a fucking liar and a, and a cheat but also how rich this man yes. is because we end up in his we start off in his beautiful kitchen yes and then escalate down to his like beautiful sauna yeah literally that's like in his backyard I'm like that's not New York City where do you live I'm it's like Connecticut yes because I think property taxes are high there I just that looks well, like his own fucking island. That's what it was. It's a compound. Um, and so it just was super funny. And I think, too, that that was also interesting because they, like, and I hate to do, like, we'll talk about this later, but we will. Um, the Some of the people who, like, they had to convince, like, the production, like, team had to, like, convinced to produce this one of the things that they sort of kept getting hit with was people being like can we make these guys bad guys yeah and they were like no No. like literally no we can't and so this was an interesting sort of way to sort of be like remember how no one had like no one had stability in 2008 people were losing their homes right well this guy while you couldn't pay your mortgage or you were he had a home in a home in a home Literally inception of homes at one house address. It was like a Russian doll. <laughs> yes. It's so like, it just, I don't know, that was like a creative choice to like, one, not tell the story the exact same way, but still give you that info. Yeah. And two, to sort of like tuck in there, like, just so you remember, right. these people are not poor. Right. Some people did really well during the crisis. Some yes. people love the crisis. They're always like, wow, thank you so much. They're like, sorry for you, pores, <laughs> but I got my mansion. Okay, came through dripping. Um, all right, what else did we love? 
Well, I really did enjoy Madeline Brewer, who I didn't realize that she was going to be in the movie, yeah. but she plays the junkie who comes in much later on and mm-hmm. isn't part of the whole sting that goes wrong. Um, the whole sting scene was actually a highlight for me in the article. Yeah. I thought it was just so stupid and dramatic and just yeah. chef's kiss, like ridiculous. Um, so just watching it play out and how, you know, they were just like, like sentence by sentence from the article was just like acted out. Yeah. So well done. And I also enjoyed how once the downfall scene happens, that whole entire perspective is told from the cop's perspective and, and no longer Constance, which was really smart. Cause instead of being like, cause in the article, I kind of got the sense that like Constance wasn't in on it, but she, uh, Rosie, Rosie, sorry. Rosie, AKA destiny. AKA destiny. Constance yes. Will. There's a lot of names. People were trying. Her best. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like Rosie wasn't in on it, but she may have helped the cops. Yeah. Where in the movie, it was like, she's completely finished and maybe she's even scorned by this whole entire yeah. thing. And so the cops take the lead and it, the cops, do a wonderful job playing like asshole cops who do not care. Literally laughing at the men yes. and being like, I mean, I don't know. They use sound also really interesting in that scene because when um, your girl, Madeline Brewer, she mm-hmm. also, side note, I was like, we've seen her before. Just did a quick Google. Handmaid's Tale. She also orders the new black. Yep. And Cam, which is like a horror film on Netflix mm-hmm. about uh, sex workers. 15 out of 10 would recommend. Watch it. No, it's it's real good. It's great. Um, but they did that whole scene where, like, the audio sounded like the audio of someone wearing a wiretap. Yes. And I was like, Brilliant. look at women. Look just, at like, being women. creative yes. and just, like, doing what they do best. Like, a running shit. And, like, I think that you're right. It was an interesting, like, like blip. Mm-hmm. And that, like use of audio change so it's not like a normal sounding audio it's a little muffled it's a little like you know yeah, sound yeah. helped make that switch super immersive, into yeah. the police perspective like that was a nice like not bookend but it was a nice like chop to yeah. be like it was this now it's this yeah and also like i said before lily throwing up when she was nervous was a hilarious little comedic yes. effect we i did read and i was obsessed with the fact that she was eating animal crackers and spray yeah and she said that she kind of liked it because it just tastes like animal crackers just like holding it in her mouth and being like ready and see. throw up <laughs> all right girls super cash um okay this is something that I would like to address. We got a little feedback. They said people thought that, you know, this was like an interesting thing that I said. So tooting my own horn, beep, beep, toot, toot. Um, and the movie addresses perfectly. Mm-hmm. So when we did our Hustlers episode, I was a little distraught that you want me to believe that they were looking for these men in a TGI Fridays, okay? Right. There is nobody in a TGI Fridays, and as someone who has been to a TGI Fridays, there is no one in a TGI Fridays that has a credit card that has the capacity to be scammed out of $150,000. I promise you, that's a fact. I have been to TGI Fridays, do not have that kind of credit limit. So I know that there's no way that they were like, let's go down to TGI Fridays World Trade and right, like right. fish I'm just going to finish this gummy bear mudslide <laughs> and then I'm going to make it rain on you. Like that just doesn't make any sense. So I love when I saw that, when I saw the movie, no one else in my screening was like bothered by where this was happening. Mm-hmm. I literally was like, yes, in a nice restaurant. Like I said. Jennifer was like, I don't want to be a part of the TGI Friday narrative. Because it's not realistic. And so for them to like be in this swanky place, I was like, that felt like the biggest plot hole. And you know, part of me was like, well, the article said it. And then I was like, Taylor, they also have said time and time again. They're liars. Both of these women are liars. Yes. Yeah, they didn't want to say the actual restaurant they that they actually went to. Maybe they're still there. Maybe they, you know... I mean, meet the men. They there. may, or maybe like the scam is still happening, and Rosie's like, "I'm not about to, you know, blow I'm not about spot. to snitch." Okay. Um, and then going back to the bar scenes, yeah. I enjoyed watching Jennifer Lopez and Lily and Kiki walk in that perfect triangle. Oh my gosh, it was my favorite. Bad part. bitch, you night go off like and these the- gang of sisters. <laughs> Sisters, literally looking like the United Nations. I said, like y'all color of Benetton. I was like, y'all have got to stop telling these men we're sisters with different fathers. I, that 
was amazing. I was though. like, no, it was. They were like same dad, different mom. <laughs> same dad, different mom. I literally was like, yes, mom, come on here, milk, <laughs> milk this mutual uh, zaddy, as the, the yes. kids call it. I was like, I don't know who's buying this, but again, I guess it didn't matter. I mean, they're on ketamine and MDMA, so, so who cares? <laughs> they don't care. Um, speaking of the drugs, mm-hmm. the scene where they test out the drugs together. Oh my gosh! Well, were they like? cooking this like <laughs> basically meth mix yes. in the upper east side of Paris. I mean I, I mean who that could happen. I was gonna say that does not even seem that far fetched. But they just made it that's fall. what I imagine. And there was like these <laughs> moments where I really loved their friendship, even though in back of my mind I was like, I know they're not actually friends like this. But the scene where they just like fall asleep and yes. they wake up like <gasps> okay. <laughs> was hilarious. I was like who's your drug supplier? Because they just have like they had a lot of quantities to work with, but right. I was like, the fact that y'all are out here doing the trial trial and error, and yeah. you're not making small batches. Yeah. And then there's one scene, this is like me just being crazy, where where Constance Wu is like wiping down the uh, yeah. cabinet, and you can, at the countertop, and you can see like the residue on the sponge, and I'm like, oh my god. You are wasting? That is like a night. That's a week. Okay. It's a week efficient. You're wasting your goods. Mm-hmm, but they didn't care because this they had so many fucking goods coming through. Um, Alright. Last thing that we loved is actually a big topic and there are like many examples of this. Yeah. So let's just like run through some of them. Yeah. So the whole thing is like humanizing them to make, I guess the audience, I wonder if it's two things. Like to make sure that the white executives who Lorraine had to sell this to would say yes, because they're not all, they're not bad. There's a sisterhood element to it. Slash the audience, like us. Like, right. we need to be able to root for these women. Um, so there's a lot of humanizing that happens that's not mentioned in the article, which is the Christmas scene, which I really did love. And because I'm, like, really corny, I did cry a little bit during the Christmas scene. Mm-hmm. I thought it was super sweet. You have that. Um, and when they give the, like, owner of the cover, like, the big mother of the club the phone and she takes uh-huh. the photo of her iPhone uh-huh, 4S uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so that scene was really lovely also I will say though one thing about that scene I kept looking at Jennifer Lopez's outfit and I was like what are you wearing at Christmas <laughs> you got your tits out like sh- I was like is this a robe a sequins robe so we'll talk into about the deep dives that I did on the real people Samantha Barbash Jennifer Lopez Doing the cleavage is peak Samantha Barbara. Okay. okay. Yeah. So okay. yes, the titties. Because I literally she's actually covered up a little bit more than I would have. I literally was like, this is a family affair. We're out <laughs> here giving out Barbies, the houses to our children. Right. We're out here giving fur coats. Can you put on the a fur turtleneck? Coat, the fur coat. And the grandma who like, grandma, at this point, you should know what your daughter's, your granddaughter's doing. Well, she was like, guess what? <laughs> my rent is paid. My rent, my mortgage. Mortgage Did you see these straight from the ocean, okay? <laughs> so, okay, what else did we love? So, what else was like, we love, but that was the kind people, of, the, the humanizing Yeah, part. like, didn't the quite happen. Uh, Ramona carrying Destiny's Childhood picture also cried oh, at the uh, end. Destiny's Child. Uh, Destiny's Child. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Beyonce. I'm childish. Um, so yeah, Ramona thinking that like treating Destiny as if she was like part of her, and that this whole entire thing was all about helping Destiny and helping each other. Low key bullshit, but very good yeah. element in the movie. Yeah. Um, the part where they take the guy to the hospital when he has that crazy bad uh, hospital, the reaction to the drugs mm-hmm. didn't happen because you know Rosie and Samantha were not about to I get caught up in the hospital. Know, but Constance did that scene. But really also, wonderful. and then the witch, my husband, my husband, my husband. And she's like wailing and screaming, and then she's like, gets in the car. And I was like, okay, sis, go off. Right. Like, you know, Drop him and leave. We got Old Girl in the backseat throwing up. We got Kiki Palmer running out, like, sort of like, Cookie clack, cookie clack, you know what I mean? And those little heels. I was like, sis. Oh, mess. You know, what are you going to do? Run down a highway? Like, what? Yeah. Be quiet. Yeah. Sit down and just say, shut up. Um, Um, Okay, what else? And then the scene where Samantha forgives Rosie, sorry, Ramona forgives Destiny for taking the plea deal. So, something actually really interesting about that, this is my weird flex, so just say okay. Okay. So, I went to a screening with Jennifer Lopez mm-hmm. with the director, um, and she's the director slash scriptwriter, and two of the producers. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that um, they talked about 
was the line, motherhood is a mental illness. Mm -hmm. And so it's super interesting because I don't know if I would have like picked up on what they meant if I hadn't have like heard this conversation just because you're watching a movie and like there's a lot of moving pieces and so you know Mm -hmm. maybe you didn't maybe you didn't but the whole idea was just that like in the beginning it was sort of like the first time that they say it is in the beginning I think when um J-Lo and Constant Wu's characters first meet yes or like sort of in the early stages of their um their friendship and Constance Wu, aka Destiny, had not, I think, had a child yet. And so it was like, motherhood's mental illness, like, you you know, like, don't do it. You do, mm-hmm. yeah, you do, you know, some like crazy stuff for your kid, but like, you know, they just were in different places. And then that same line is repeated at the end and it sort of is used as a justification of yes. like, yes. I had to sell you out, JLo slash Ramona, because like I need to be there for my daughter, I need to do what's best for my daughter. Mm-hmm. And sort of like you said, girl, like motherhood is a mental illness and we will do crazy things for our kids. And that, you know, to me was like the line yeah. that I was like, now I know to look out for it. Mm-hmm. And then when I heard it, I was like, that's why she could like forgive her. Right. You know? Right. Which sure, but not really. Like I don't buy that Samantha and Rosie stuck into it this long just because of their children. Like I think, sure, like being in the strip in the stripper world was definitely a thing that they had to do um, as a means of an end, and then it got this whole thing happened and they got wrapped up in it, but they could have left and their kids would have been fine and they didn't leave. Okay. So spicy take, but not spicy take really a valid question. Actually, if I do so myself, when I was watching that movie, one of the things that didn't make sense to me was they, um, do the scam. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it falls apart because of the crisis. And then they, it's, I think that was when, um, Jennifer Lopez was, at working at Old Navy. Yeah, yeah. And then at the very end of the movie, or even not, not even at the end, when they go sort of for that round two in like 2013, she still lives in that same apartment. Yes. How do you live on the Upper East Side? Because I'm pretty sure that's where I'm supposed to imply that she lives. How do you live on the Upper East Side when you work at Old Navy? Tell me, sis, what's the key? What's the key? I'm that's ready. Because I'll get that same old Navy job. I'm really ready. What kind of old Navy was that? Like, I need to know what's the tea. Right. Because I don't live on the Upper East Side, but, like, if you can do it, like, right. let me know. How many hours are you doing a week to do that? Not that many, because she was having the babysitter issue. So yes, I'm but, also just like, sis. Yeah. How? So part of me is like, you're right, they could have. But I also think it's that other thing where like, when, you know, like when parents get divorced mm-hmm. and it's time to talk about like money within like the court, it's always like, how can we maintain the quality of life for our children? Sure. And so part of me is like, I kind of think that to some degree, yes, it was greed. I mean, also, also in the movie, they there's a scene where Jennifer Lopez is doing homework with her daughter and they have like a, a chef. Yeah. Well, an all-encompassing nanny. Yeah. Who we know is getting not paid hourly, but that's probably a salary. Sure. As a babysitter, I could tell you. She's cooking dinner for I'm not cooking dinner on an hourly rate. Okay. That's So I completely understand getting into the game because you have no choice, but when you have a nanny cooking dinner for you, you gotta gotta know when to stop. So that all to say is that, oh, and another thing is how Rosalind, Rosie, says in the Vulture article... Um, so there's an article where they catch up with Rosie after the premiere of the oh, movie. And she says that they never actually mourned a friendship. It was always a business transaction and okay. a partnership with them. Okay. And maybe Rosie's being too cool for school, but I kind of think that it's, it was probably more so business, less so sisterhood. And for the sake of the movie right. to be rah-rah sisterhood, they put more scenes where they actually do love each other as like with the, the full passing of her grandma sure. and yeah. J-Lo coming through. Um, and then the last thing, this is not a raw sisterhood moment, but I, this is a humanizing moment. Um, when Constance Wu's, Constance, well, Constance Wu's character is talking to Queen of My Life, okay, Miss, Miss Julia Stiles. Yes. Okay. She's been saving the last dance. She's been parenthooding. She's been doing the things. She looks great because she minds her business and is not problematic. Go off. Um, okay. Repeat that again. <laughs> mind your business and not problematic. And literally your skin can look like that too. Um, when I love that she was in this, um, but when they were 
sort of showing the interview, Mm -hmm. not through a flashback. One of the stories that Constance Wu tells through a flashback, but then you sort of find out when they pull out of it. She was talking about when she went back to the club after 2008 and, um, she realized that things had changed and that there were more Russian girls and that like these Russian girls were giving a little bit extra for a little bit more. Great. And so you had to imply because it basically was laid out for you that she did give this guy head. Yeah. Um, because he said he would, you know, for $300, like, and so you sort of see that like trepidation with that hesitation right, right. from her of like having to do this. And then it cuts to the interview moment with Julia Stiles and she was like, yeah, and then when I was done, I thought it was 300, but really it was 320s. Mm-hmm. And like, that just made my body yeah, just my like, dropped. just feel like, like crawly, sticky, yeah. like, because it just was this thing of just like, and that story is probably something that so, so, so many sex workers many have experienced. Yes. And yes. I felt like that was an example where like, they really did humanize mm-hmm. them. And it sort of did this weird thing though, where it like conflates a few things. Cause it's like, yeah, they're getting revenge, but it wasn't like she was getting revenge on that actual guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who did that to her. Yeah. Um, but I do think that it sort of stood in for this idea that like, there are a lot of icky dudes in the club mm-hmm. and like, and this, and that was actually like the real life Ramona, Samantha, that was what she kept saying was that like, listen, these people treat us like dirt. Yeah. And the minute that I can be in power and treat them like shit, I'm going to do that. It's not about the money. It's about the feeling that I'm allowed to now get revenge on people who've treated me less than. I mean, yeah, that really just... Uh, I mean, it spiraled out of control. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, heard and heard. Um, this is not a podcast where we're condoning. Okay, Not this, condoning. This drugging Just relation. Um, yes, just saying that people are trash. Uh, we're going to take one more quick break, mm-hmm. and we have an ad from our very first sponsor. Yay! All right, I will be right back. So it's our first ad. Yes, ad! Very first one! So we were going to do that thing where it's going to be like, hey, Cass. Love your earrings. Thanks. I got them from Mosley Jackson. Here's my code. But that like didn't with like our jam. That's like so not us. Instead, we're just gonna give you the facts. What's important? What's to know? Because we both are wearing these earrings. They're the greatest earrings, and we love them. They are made by Cat Fry. Again, they're Mosley Jackson, and they're hand sculpted in her tiny Brooklyn apartment. We love a little BB apartment. We love a grassroots foundation. Yes, it's also sustainable. It's also sustainable. <laughs> Leave it in there. Don't cut that out. Say it again. It's also sustainable. Use your syllables. And it is given to you in reusable packaging. Which we also love because it feels like the world is literally on fire and we love a commitment to Mother Earth. And we love something that is super lightweight because I don't actually enjoy earrings, but I do wear these little minis all the time because they are made out of clay, super lightweight and super cute. And also I'm scared that one day when I get older, my earrings, like holes are going to like sag. So I only wear lightweight earrings and these are perfect. So how do you get them? We're going to put the um, Instagram in our show notes, Mm -hmm. head on over to their website which you can get in their Instagram bio and be sure to put in code scam. That's S C A M into the promo code for 10% off and let them know who sent you. Yes. Get you some earrings. Get you some Mosley Jackson. We love that for you. We're back. We're back to keep talking about Hustlers. We have talked about the movie itself, but we need to spend a little bit of time talking about some of like the behind the scenes development, pre-production, production, production, um, things, obstacles that we learned that they had to overcome to make this movie because it truly is a phenomenal product. Like the finished movie is truly great. But what makes it even better is like learning all that they have to go through to get here. Right. Because surprise, white rich men in the Hollywood suits did not want to make this film. Like you said before, they were concerned about 
oh, can we make the guys only bad guys? Can we somehow make the guys like not really get um drugged? drugged? Like, well, but also in my weird flex times two, mm-hmm. in my little screening, the director not really, it was a big it was a big yeah. <laughs> in the screening, the director was like, yeah, we even had some execs say to us like. Well, can we make them rapists as a means to justify them getting drugged? And they were like, no. So like the only bitch. Thing she, <laughs> she didn't actually say that that was my commentary, but it, in her head she did. I literally was like, no, no that's not. not the story. We are not inflicting that's a different this movie, sir. into this so that you can sleep at night. Right. The only good white men in Hollywood, it seems to be, is Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. We love. We stand. We stand non-problematic white men because they put their money where their mouth is and put money and produced the film along yeah. with J-Lo's New Yorican productions and Jessica Elbaum. Uh, so Adam McKay will have Gloria Sanchez production company and that's how the movie was able to be financed after Annapurna dropped off in the uh, article about how it's made. Lorene says that she found out about Annapurna removing itself from the movie two days before her 40th birthday party. So she was like, I'm trying to be that bitch rolling up into my 40s. Like, look at this Y'all, movie coming I out. I would have canceled my whole party. <laughs> my <laughs> birthday. And they're like, this is rescheduled till further notice. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez, fix it. And fix it, she, she did. did. But also, you know, it's super interesting too because I feel like there are some like duos in the producing, directing, you know, Hollywood world mm-hmm. where you're like, this movie would be perfect for this pair. And there's a little baby, a little baby Skim City spoiler alert. Our next episode, our Skim episode, is going to be produced. It's going to be a movie um, that is made by one of these pairs, right? So if you hear a story and you're like, that would be perfect for these two. And I feel like this Hustlers movie was perfect for Adam and Will. Because if we're being honest, they gave us works that we did not deserve namely the best film of 2008 Step Brothers, which I stand I, I will stand. always stand my favorite is either going to be The Big Short or Wolf of Wall Street can't relate I said what I said <laughs> Step Brothers we just become best friends yo like I could quote that whole movie but this movie is great because it's like very like in line with mm-hmm. what they do visually and like some of just the, the elements that they chose except unlike most of their other movies this movie was like led by women right. both on screen and behind the scenes yeah and it, which you could really tell because unlike a movie like showgirls or mm-hmm. um my god i'm blanking on the one with my queen uh fuck showgirls and players club okay <laughs> whoa <laughs> Black card almost got revoked. Okay, maybe it's because uh, you're hungry. Maybe you need to <laughs> so they were all there were stories about sex workers, but they were always told with like the male gaze yeah. and like men are writing the scripts and the stories Just, like objectifying these women's yeah. bodies and yeah. being like, oh well, like it's set in a strip club, so like progressive. And they're not winning at the end. No. We're towards like with this one, it's like you can tell that this was a woman who wrote it. Um everything down to the way um the friendship or business partnership is portrayed. Mm-hmm. It's just, you can tell that Lorreen really did take care of them. Um, another interesting thing was there's this correlation that I find between the men who didn't want to make this movie in Hollywood and the men who were being drugged. So the victims who didn't want to go to the police in order to protect yeah. their fragile egos um, and masculinity. It is interesting because I, I think that, you have this scenario where it's like, this was a real story, okay? Mm-hmm. And when this happened to the men, aka there was a essentially like a whistleblower of, of the victims, mm-hmm. um, a doctor who didn't really want to like come forward, but he was trying and the police weren't believing him. And like, I think that some of that does play a part in why there was like a, a, a resistance, you yeah, know, yeah. of just like men can't be victims of anything we like at the hands of women, I guess. Sure, it's it's yeah. like super complicated because 
you know, it's sort of like how with the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. like there has sort of spun out this like smaller like men too movement mm-hmm. saying like men can be victims of things. And I think it's like a greater thing at large within our society for people to not see that. And so I do think that you're right. Like you have the men who are involved in this being like, but like I'm a victim. Like I want to tell like, you know, this is my story. And mm-hmm. then you have these men in Hollywood who kind of play the other side of society being like, like why? Like suddenly like this doesn't happen to men. Right. And right. it's like, no, but like it did and it yeah. does. And like, we're not again, yeah. condoning. And they don't have to be rapists or murderers right. for bad things that happen to them. Right. It's yeah. like just how inconceivable it is, you know, to these people that like women couldn't be capable of like pulling off some like multi-level scheme or like being the ones in sure. control of power, mm-hmm. particularly when those women are sex workers. Yeah. Wow, everyone's problematic. Hate them all except for you, Will and Adam. You're our babes. We stand. Um, what else? What were other obstacles? Well, all the actresses took their jobs really seriously. Constance went to a strip club on Christmas Eve and did market research. Yeah, because she was not prepared. Yeah, Jennifer Lopez and Constance had polls put in their homes. Love so that. Can you imagine this. being Max and em- Emmy Lopez? Yes, yes. Um, so Taylor was like, yeah, my kids, you know, were homeschooled for a really long time. And then my daughter like looked at me and was like, well, I want to go to school. So can you imagine it's like your first year of like going to school and then you come home and you're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I go to school and then I come home one day. My mom's on a pole. Literally, girl, what? And she also talked about how like when she watched the movie for the first time, it was with Alex. I said, yes, girl. Yes. Okay, don't call him A-Rod. His name is Alex. Alex. And she was like, so there was that scene, the um, criminal scene. And she was like, I kept looking over at him being like, how does he feel? Is he okay with this? Are we getting into a fight later? Or is this going to be okay? Are we going to have to talk about this? I mean, we're definitely going to have to talk about this. But like, are we good or not? <laughs> so like, it is super funny. Because like, yeah, she said also in the um, interview um, on on Vulture, she had never been to a strip club. I was so surprised by that. Listen, she was a fly girl. She was like, I dance a different kind of dance. During the Diddy era, she, like, Diddy didn't think to do the strip club. First of all, let me tell you what she was not doing with Diddy. Whatever foolery he was accustomed to doing, she was like, either you're not doing that or I'm not going. This is a different podcast, but she's a part of the club shooting foolery, so I don't know if she was not about. We're gonna go. We're We're gonna go. We're not gonna go there. We're not gonna go there. However, Jennifer Lopez was wrapped up in it. She was literally like, yeah, I never went to a club, so they went with Alex, and they were like, asking questions and in the vulture article too it also said that she had she would go up to some of the girls after or she went to some of the girls after and she asked if they ever slept with any of the men and they were like no <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not a dancer. I'm not an escort i also love how before they even spoke to her some of them would be straight up and be like i need money from you if you're gonna talk listen pay people in their work yes. okay yes. so and jennifer knows. ask for what you're worth and mm-hmm. that People do that in crunches all the time yeah. to the police. Wait, you want you me? want to be a witness? Is my account Venmo or <laughs> cash? Cash, let's do cash in a paper trail. Right. Um, so yeah, I love though that Speaking she did smaller pay and pay cuts. A lot of the actors, so I'm sure Jennifer Lopez, yeah. Vicky Palmer, Lily, Lily. They took, and Constance Wu, they took smaller pay in order to do this movie. Let me say something about the gender pay gap. Right. It's like, oh, 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 because this is home by all women and it's about strippers. So now I'm not going to get paid as much as I do on Riverdale or if I did a movie directed by Scorsese. Like, it, it's just, it was problematic. But then at the same time, I was like, I respect that. But then I was like, I really don't like that they had to take smaller pay. But it, and let's be clear, the smaller pay they took was not because they weren't being offered the same pay as like men normally would be. It just that like this movie, there was, it was a harder sell. Yeah. And so I think that that limited the amount of money. And yeah. so they couldn't get these checks that maybe they would have demanded if it had been a story that wasn't so threatening yeah. to the men in Hollywood signing the checks. And so the men in Hollywood were signing smaller checks and they were like, you know what? Because I'm so committed to this, Julia Stiles literally was like, I would have done anything. I got the I call. Want to be in it. She's like, I'll sweep. What do you need? What's up? What's tea? Which is why everyone needs to go watch this movie twice so yeah. we can continuously show white Hollywood and white male Hollywood. Cis that white male Hollywood. Cis white male Hollywood. Cis wealthy, white, male, old man, 
Um, protecting the patriarchy, protecting white supremacy. Those dudes. Show yeah, them. Show them. I want to see more of... I mean, that's why we go to Drag Appeal like we do. Yes. We, like, we want more directors yes. like this. We want more, you know, whatever, Black Panther movies. I want to see more of J-Lo. I want more sex worker movies. That yes. Ass. Yes. She looked great. She was doing the thing. Yeah. I want to see more of that. I want to see more trans people yeah. in the front of the movies like I really I think Trace was wonderful and I think that she did a great job but I want a movie starring Trace and I also want to pay people like Jack the Stripper yep. who are doing things behind the scenes mm-hmm. to create like a safe and inclusive space right. that feels like it's accurate without pushing the boundaries. They talked about um, nudity with some of the stars as well mm-hmm. and that Constance we was like I wasn't comfortable doing nudity. Yeah. And then they were like, we didn't know that Lizzo would have been nude until after we shot the thing. Which is kind of like, y'all, you don't, so you didn't talk to Lizzo. No, out of, out of every guy, you couldn't have been like Lizzo, sis. We keep it a buck because that is a woman who's like very transparent. And yeah. I don't think that like having that conversation would have offended her. Um, but I can appreciate the fact that like this movie was like, how can we be respectful of yeah. everyone's individual boundaries? Yeah. In a movie that's set in a place that that isn't necessarily the case. Yeah. And yeah. another thing also that was super interesting, and I forgot to mention, I knew I was forgetting something. This is my last flex for this episode, and then I'm going to stop talking. Woo! Power of threes. Go Listen, ahead. one, two, three. So, I asked Jennifer Lopez a question during the Q&A at the screening. Mm-hmm. And the question that I asked her was sort of inspired by the fact that a couple of months ago, early at the, at the earlier part of the year, Cardi got Cardi B got dragged for admitting that like she was complicit in this type of behavior, yeah. um, and that you know she was she used to drug men when she was a stripper and take money from them, mm-hmm. and people were like comparing her to R. Kelly, and it was this whole thing. And so my question was like, are you guys prepared for any you know, or how how are you going to address any backlash that you might receive from? you know, male audiences in particular who feel threatened because like you have to consider the fact that like if men, if men in Hollywood feel threatened on the front end, sure. how are men not in Hollywood, not making decisions, not even going to take the time to like do the research, like look into like the fact that this is a true story. Mm-hmm. How are they going to respond to this on the back end? Mm-hmm. And the director and both the producers um, Angela all were like, we're actually not worried about it at all because the movie was out and I was like, I mean, is it not yet because it's a screening, but heard, 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 heard. They're like, but you know, it's out and the reviews are great and like people are loving it. And so I do think that like it, and that ended up not being an obstacle for them, but that totally could have been an obstacle for them yeah. just because as we know, like we live in a culture right now where everyone is like able to voice their concerns, opinions, and thoughts, and, like, do so on platforms, like, rather loudly. Yeah. Um, so while that wasn't an obstacle they necessarily had to overcome, that was something that I did think about. Yeah. You know, if they had a hard time getting it funded, mm-hmm. what's going to happen mm-hmm. when people look at it after? Mm-hmm. So, um, and then our last hurrah of obstacles that we truly, this makes the movie even better in my opinion. Mm-hmm. This whole thing was shot in 29 days. 29 days. That is a February. No. Or I was going to say an ovulation cycle. Sure. <laughs> yes. I think in terms of periods, not months. Right, um, right. Because I'm progressive. Um, yeah. So in the time that your uterus regenerates itself, Jennifer Lopez and Constance transformed into two people that they were not, <laughs> learned to script, and performed the fuck out of it and it was crazy because when you think about the like celebrity cameos yes you had to get jennifer lopez and, and constance right are there this is their like full-time job for those 30 days right. but jennifer lopez is also on tour she, she was about to go on, about tour. To go on tour constance is about to shoot or was shooting fresh off the boat at the time Actually, i think she was a, she was shooting it because she was saying how she was playing a sitcom sitcom mother Monday through Friday and, and then, then the stripper Saturdays and Sundays. And then Lily like a lot of money. is flying back from Canada from Riverdale. That's where they Multiple filmed. Multiple times a week. Okay. And then you have this scene where Lizzo runs into the back of the strip club, 
to tell Cardi B, okay, and these other women, aka Content, aka um, J Lo, that Usher, Usher is here. And then all of these women run out and they are stripping on stage together, which means that someone had to coordinate all of these schedules, even though Cardi was on tour and Lizzo was on tour. And Usher is just like the assistant producer. I want to say snaps to her because she she did that and she did it. I mean, they got them all together, and I think I also read that they filmed all the strip club scenes the very last week of filming. Yeah. So like, this is really like all of our eggs are in this last basket, Mm -hmm. and they were like, we got to make sure the costumes fit. We only have you know a fine amount of time, and paparazzi follow all these people, which was probably so distracting. Yeah. Had to do cuts and retakes the entire time. Also, I want to go back to 29 days. Yeah, 29 days. There's only 24 hours in a day. I'm like, and some of those days, people were in different countries or they were working on different projects. So I don't know. It just, to me, it like embodied like, look, like literally women getting shit done. Because in 30 days, this was not like a haphazardly like created production. Yes. It was like. This is top audio. This is top, like, you know, acting performances. It's top costumes. Because I'm sure in the back of everyone's mind, it was like, we need to get this done because we need to show them. So it's one thing that we ought to create this beautiful product, but it's it's also like, we need to do the fuck you to Hollywood that didn't want to do this. So... They did it. They did what it do and do what it did. Go see it. Go see it. Pay for it. Final question for you, Taylor. Oh, final. Okay. Oscar nomination or not? Well, I think Constance Wu's wig should get one for sure. Um, No, I I actually do think so. I think that, like, the, again, like, the acting is great. And I think a lot of people are talking about that. But for me, like, the sound mixing was mm-hmm. phenomenal. That audio with the wiretap scene loved. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt like as all of these little like yes, music video. all of these, but like a, a very long music video where you have to like keep that momentum up. Yeah. Um, and for a lot of moving pieces, like mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I think that it is a really great product. Um, I don't know if I'm like this is a comedy. Is it a drama? I, I don't think it would be a comedy. Okay. <laughs> I don't okay. Know. I think, okay, that might be too avant garde for the yeah, girls yeah, at, yeah. At, at, the, I, at the Academy. You know, the Academy okay. is just her, 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 her. just spray thin. I actually want Jennifer Lopez Best Supporting Actress. I don't see why not. Okay. <laughs> we, we should give it to her for enough, but also, yes. like, she deserves okay. it for enough, and this is the moment where it's like, give sort it to her. Sort of like how they did with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. He yes. got his for the Titanic film yeah. with The Revenant, and we were like, mm, this is a consolation for that, but okay, overdue. Yeah, you know, I'll give, I'll, I'll say yeah. My hesitation is I haven't seen a lot of movies this year, so I don't know okay. what I'm mixing i don't know what i'm missing and i'm like also conflate i'm like the favorite was really good but i'm like was that this year last year i don't know so i think last see that's what i'm saying i'm not the best but i'm gonna put a pin in that okay and we'll address it maybe we'll maybe you know what we should do i know what you're thinking this maybe is gonna be an instagram poll because we now have an instagram be sure to follow us at scam city pod that's S-C-A-M-C-I-T-Y-P-O-D. Scam City was taken. I did my best. Um, but on our podcast um, Instagram, you will be able to find Instagram stories. I love to do Instagram polls on mm-hmm. different things. Um, we recently did one on Felicity Huffman going to jail for 14 days and asking people, was it enough time? How much time should you have gotten? Right. Um, we're also going to do like mini scams of the week perfect kind mm-hmm. of things mm-hmm. where maybe it'll be a breakdown of a scam that was like a news story you don't have to click the article on yahoo news you can just come to the scam city pod yes. and then you'll get an entertaining little brief um and then we'll also feature like some photos with some of our sponsors and their products and um we recently were accepted into a day-long um workshop for podcasters so basically it's 
you should follow us now because we'll forget you once we become like. Oh, don't do that. I'm just joking. Do I'm just joking. Do We're regular girls. We're regular scam. We're just sisters of scam. Two regular girls who love scams. And we're going to start, you know, incorporating some of that content onto our IG. So go follow it, guys. We would love that. So until next time, I'm Taylor. I'm Cass. And this is Scam City.